You are listening to Parenting Our Future with certified parent coach, Robin McMahon, author of The Yelling Cure and founder of Parenting for Connection. My podcast is all about providing you with the tools and solutions you need in your parenting so you can create the family you always wanted. For more information on my book and other resources, check out yellingcurebook.com. And if you like my show, then I want to tell you about a hilarious parenting podcast called What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. It's hosted by Amy and Margaret, who are both comedians and moms of three. But that's where the similarities end because Margaret is laid back to the max and Amy loves making lists and planning ahead. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, Amy and Margaret wrestle with a common parenting issue using research, lively debate, and tons of humor. So if you're stuck at home right now with your kids, this is the perfect escape. Check out What Fresh Hell, Laughing in the Face of Motherhood, wherever you listen to podcasts or at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. Hey, everybody, it's Robin McMahon here. Welcome to Parenting Our Future. Today, what can I say? I have another sparkly guest on. Uh, I was just saying to her just before we hit record, Bonnie Kelly is here. And I just, I just was saying, you know what, like my podcast is almost my excuse to talk to like some of my most favorite people on this earth and talk about things that really matter. So in case you don't already know who Bonnie Kelly is, I want to just introduce her to you. She is a speaker, an author, and a coach. She's the founder of Rebels for Joy. I mean, come on. Um, and is on, a mo- is on a mission to help women radically transform the way they think and feel. This is, this is her mission. This is the movement that she wants. And she is equipping thousands of women with the necessary tools that they need to realign their purpose, their passion, and their power, all fueled by authentic joy. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to be your best friend? <laughs> I'm pretty cool. What can I yeah, you're pretty cool, right? Like, I mean, what can we say? But you know what? I know that um, you and I met through this podcast world and, um, you know, we, we've never been apart since. <laughs> uh, instant best friends. I'm like, do you want to be my friend? Robin was like, yes. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> it, was so, it was so beautiful. And, and, uh, and so I'm lucky enough to, um, to, to spend time with you on a regular basis and be in your, um, just really be in your power. And, um, and you are someone who is so authentic and a bringer of joy and really a bringer of truth as well. Yeah. So I really appreciate you um, being in my life and also being on this podcast today because we're talking about what it's like to be a mom when you are just in this space of beating yourself up because you don't think you're good enough or you are, you feel out of alignment with this motherhood journey. Yeah. Yeah. And so I know there's tons of moms that beat themselves up for lots of different reasons. And so I, I really want to get your perspective and, um, and talk about how we can get to a new place if we're in this place where we're beating ourselves up. And I'll tell you, I beat myself up for years because I wasn't the mom that I expected that I would be. I always thought that I would be like Mother Earth and bring all of the children to me and I shall nurture them and I will love them and I will protect them. And when I had my first, I couldn't wait to get back to work. And it was harder than I thought. And I felt horrible about it. So guilty. Yeah. Yeah. What is that about? What do we do? You know, I, a big part of it is just expectations, right? I think all of us, you know, we go into this motherhood really with the idea of what we don't want to repeat. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because of what we experienced through our childhood, what we witnessed our parents doing. And so we have these grand, you know, grand visions of perfection uh, that can't easily be matched. In fact, they're probably impossible to match. And so we go we embark on this journey so optimistically, you know, so tenderheartedly, and then we're faced with a lot of adversity. I mean, I remember when I first had Evelyn, oh, that's my little girl, and taking her home, you're in awe for a little while, and then the sleepless nights kick in, and then if they have any struggles or troubles, and then it really starts to test every aspect and every dimension of who you are. And there was a moment, I remember it was like two in the morning, and we didn't know Evelyn was lactose intolerant in the beginning. Oh, we had no idea. So, and of course I love cheese. So I was eating a lot of dairy, which of course mom being the, the milker, uh, I'm now passing a lot of that milk on. Uh, and so she was getting a lot of lactose and, uh, it wasn't until, you know, a little bit later. So in the beginning she would just scream all the time. 
like mm. hours and hours. And they were, the doctors just chucked it up as like, oh, she's colicky. And I just remember it was like three in the morning and I hadn't had any sleep for weeks. And I remember taking mm. the baby, walking into my husband and just like, I'm effing done, like screaming. Yeah. And just handed him the baby and walked away. And immediately from walking away, all of the shame, all of the guilt of me just being the worst person in the world. And like, I swore I would never scream in front of my child. I swore that I'd never yell. I swear, because I had these grand, grand ideas of not being like what I grew up in, not being what I experienced. And so I had these unrealistic expectations that were placed on me, through me, because of me and my past experiences that I wasn't even consciously aware of. And that's what begins to a lot of the uh, internal struggle of not feeling good enough, that internal battle of feeling less than, that internal, you know, disappointment that we feel that we, you know, suck as a parent or we're not, uh, we're not as good as we should be. Mm -hmm. and, and I, and, and here's the thing, like, I don't think we, we really talk about all of, all of the things that go along with this motherhood journey and, and accept each and every one of those aspects. For example, like what you were saying, like you had no, no, no sleep. You didn't know she was lactose intolerant and you know, she's just crying. She's uncomfortable and you don't know what that's about. And I, you know, I've shared my story and I'll, 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 I'll mention it quickly here again too, where, you know, my son was 11 days overdue. I was in labor for a couple of days and uh, it ended up being uh, a C-section and I was devastated. I was devastated. I'd never even had an IV before. And then here, here I am, you know, getting epidurals and trying for two days and inducement and all of this stuff only then to not um, be able to nurse at all. And, um, and then not able to soothe my child. And so here I was going from this um, idea that I would be mother earth literally like I was so so I was so sure that was going to be me and then I remember one of my first doctor's appointments and my doctor said so how many times have you wanted to throw him out the window and I was like oh, how dare you but secretly I was like how does he know how does he know like I never he's got the knew. nanny cam he's got a nanny cam I know how did he know that that's actually what I was feeling and then the deep shame, because then I would go to those mother's groups and all oh, these moms, they were getting their kids to sleep through the night. I'm like, you guys are liars. You are liars. And so the shame even more, right? And I, not being able to soothe and comfort your child. Oh my goodness. Like what is a mother if you can't soothe and comfort your child, right? Yeah. 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 Or if daddy can do it better. Oh, yeah, I, I knew I'd trigger you that because my girlfriend had a similar experience where, you know, her, their uh, young boy was jaundice and um, he was tongue tied. They had all of these things and he was lactose intolerant and they didn't know. And they had all of this stuff. They had to give him acid reflux medicine because he was like puking up everything that was he was eating. Mom couldn't nurse either. And daddy was able to soothe him better. And all the shame that she felt and the guilt that she felt that it's like, this is what my job was. And not to mention, it was the dream of hers to always have a baby. Yeah. You know, here she has one and it would rather have daddy than her. Oh, forget and it. And it was just, yeah, that, I mean, that devastation she felt, the grief she was going through during that season. And, you know, a lot of times we want to just quickly just comfort them. It's like, it's okay. It doesn't matter versus allowing them to have that experience. I, and I think this is true for all of us, right? Is that we have to grieve these um, broken expectations, right? So these visions we hold for ourselves uh, that would, you know, these big, beautiful, like I'm the picture perfect mother earth mama, right? Like, and not to be able to have that. I mean, same, similar uh, experience with mine, Robin is like, I plan for a natural birth. And I was joking with my dad the other day. And I said, I said, yeah. So we actually mapped out our birthing plan. We had plan A, B, C, and D, and Evelyn came through as an F. <laughs> yeah. right? It didn't work out. And I had to get a C-section. And, you know, and I just like, there was grieving the loss of that experience was normal. Mm -hmm. But we'd forget about that. We instead make ourselves wrong. Instead, mm -hmm. we judge ourselves. Instead, we wallow in the less than and the broken elements of this versus just really acknowledging it's like, oh man, I really had high hopes of this and it's different and I'm really sad about that. One of the most powerful things we could do is just acknowledge that. 
acknowledging mm -hmm. the real feelings, the true feelings, not the fake feelings that we're putting on a show in front of all the moms in the moms group, because we don't want to be that one. Mm -hmm. We don't want to be the one. Everybody else is like, their kid's amazing. And we don't want to be the one that's like, well, mine's not. Because yeah. what does that say about me? Exactly. And now all of a sudden your identity is wrapped up in the experience of this child. Yeah. Yeah. And your work is on the line. Oh, it's, it's just so true. I, I just love what you said. I wrote this down that, that when something to paraphrase, when, when something doesn't work out the way we expect it to, or want it to, or dream for it to be, we make ourselves wrong. Like, holy cow. And that's not true. That's not true. Right. Those adversities are there to teach us to walk through them. We, we all have those adversities that come our way. Um, it's what makes the, and that's, it honestly is what makes life so beautiful is the complexity of life. And we forget in the hardship because the, the pain is inevitable, right? Um, one of the things that I often quote is pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. It's one of my favorite quotes. And pain, like we forget that the pain of loss or the pain of disappointment or the pain of uh, embarrassment or shame or whatever is just the experience we all go through, right? For whatever reason, whatever triggered it, whatever um, expectations we had or whatever disappointments we experienced, that's inevitable. But the suffering, the suffering is the story we wrap around the pain. Mm -hmm. The suffering is the meaning we give to the pain. Yeah. The suffering is that unrelentless bombardment of toxicity that we flood our minds and our hearts with as a result of the pain, especially if we were the causer of the pain. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like if we cause pain to ourselves or someone else um, through our actions, behaviors, decisions, or even things that weren't even in our control, mm -hmm. can acerbate that experience. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, uh, the pain is inevitable, but the suffering is optional. Holy cow. That is so good. And, 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 you know, I want to, I want to expand on that a little bit because I think that also what, what we're, what we're talking about here is that those are moments of pain and those moments have gone now, yeah. but we decide to sit still in that pain and beat ourselves up about that, right? Like you said, make ourselves wrong. Personally, I hid away. I didn't want anyone to know that I couldn't, I couldn't, and I'm using air quotes, that I couldn't be a mom. It's not that I couldn't be a mom. I just wasn't the mom that I expected, but I didn't know enough, especially being sleep deprived, you know, being hormonal, all of those things to, to stop beating myself up, let myself off, off the hook and just stop telling myself I was wrong. And just yeah. like you said, acknowledge, okay, this didn't work the way I expected it to, but I didn't have the wherewithal at that time. And so the reason why we're doing this today is so that we can share that message with other moms that it's okay. It's okay if it doesn't work the way you expected it to. And to release that and not hold on to that, because if you're living in that moment of what something didn't live up to your expectations, then that equals pain. And yeah. we, we, we deserve joy, right? Yeah. It takes us yeah. away from joy, right? And we forget that joy is, is something that we cultivate through our mental and emotional uh, experiences in our bodies. That joy is something that happens to us or it's something that like fleeting moments. Uh, and we forget that joy is a conscious choice that you make every single day. And it's an impossible choice to make when your mind is choosing victimhood, when your mind is choosing shame, when your mind is choosing uh, self-hatred or self-loathing, when your mind is choosing um, resentment or anger. Mm -hmm. So all of those thought patterns that we're having are conscious or subconscious. Most of them are unconscious choices that we're experiencing. And when we have this re repeated redundant story about you being less than, or you sucking as a parent, or you, because your kid is struggling, that, that means that you're not enough or that you know, you're a failure or whatever. When we have that and where our mind is choosing to focus on that, we don't have space in our mind for joy. We don't have space in our hearts for joy because we're too busy putting all of our attention on the things that continue to cause us suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Now that's us as a mom, right? 
we we maybe you know there is this this vision of this perfect mother now what happens if you have a child that isn't what you expected a child that challenges you in a way that you never have been challenged before i mean i think evie evelyn is that was that at at some point for you uh and my oldest is that way for me and and i now see him as my greatest gift and the gift that keeps on giving i will say (laughs) sometimes i don't need any more gifts but he does keep he does keep me in this mindset of always choosing to be a peaceful parent because I could very easily slip back into not being so peaceful. But let's talk about that. Let's talk about having a kid that maybe we feel is a disappointment is so unlike us that we're maybe not repulsed. That's such a strong word, but, but I get what you're saying. Like maybe uh, annoyed or angry or disappointed or frustrated with, right. Um, First off, you know, acknowledging our feelings is so imperative. And I kind of go back to that. In fact, you know, it's one of the foundational pieces is that so many of us miss because we're told to ignore or numb out or dismiss or just don't put your thoughts there. Just, you know, just check it out the window. Like that doesn't belong. It's like, oh, but yes, it's there. Okay. And it's there on purpose. And we need to acknowledge it's like, I'm feeling this feeling frustrated and feeling disappointed and feeling this. It doesn't mean you tell them or yours, anyone else. This is an internal dialogue at this moment, right? Yes. I mean, if you need to talk to them about it, that's a different story, but, and you got the parenting cure here. So she can teach you that. Um, however, acknowledge the truth of what you're feeling, not the, you know, the candy coated, fluffy, super nice, you know, politically correct, like truth the actual truth of what you're feeling. And then from there, we can begin to start to, first off, remove the labels that -hmm. you're placing upon them. I can't tell you how many times I hear people say, oh, well, they're just bossy. They're um, pushy. They're rude. They're, you know, egocentric. They're a narcissist, right? And as soon as someone, now I want you to think about this in your own perspective. Like when I was growing up, I got, I got many labels thrown at me. Um, one of them was Mrs. Know-it-all. Ooh. And so Mrs. Know-it-all, right, she's, she's like, she thinks she knows it all, and here she is, like, spewing out her questions and uh, her answers. And really what it was, it was like a reflection of me having leadership abilities. So I wasn't bossy. I wasn't, you know, rude. It's just that I would take control or command of rooms because I would see disorganization as a child and start to lead organization, right? Or lead people on a mission to go do something, go figure and go, it serves me well as an adult. (laughs) (laughs) But as a child, right? I was labeled as these things were wrong or bad. And so I felt a lot of shame when I stepped into my power as an adult. So we want to recognize that all of these dynamics we're, we're facing with our children who are giving us trouble right now are opportunities to plant seeds. And you're either going to plant weeds or you're going to plant trees, right? And here's the, th- the crazy thing. A weed grows rapidly fast. Okay. So when they planted in my mind that I was bossy and that I was um, uh, Mrs. Know-it-all, and that was a negative judgment, not something constructive, like I actually had positive answers, right? <laughs> it was like a judgment. Yeah. These were weeds and these weeds grow into insecurities. They grow into limitations. They grow into definers of me as an adult that will serve me in a negative way and thus continue to perpetuate the behavior that you so rapidly want to change. And so when we're dealing with difficult children, it's so, so important for us to A, be mindful of the seeds we're planting. So one of the things that I, I had learned um, that I thought was just so powerful is that instead of them being bossy, like, wow, she's a born leader. Mm-hmm. And now imagine planting that tree, okay? Now trees take a lot longer to grow. And so we forget that when we're facing the troubles of the children right now is that the seeds that you're planting, it might take time. I mean, in fact, if you're gonna plant a walnut tree, it takes seven years to produce fruit. Seven years to, or I don't know if it's fruit. Nut? The, the nut? <laughs> I'm like, somebody's gonna call us out on that. Great. <laughs> to produce, okay, a nut. It's gonna take seven years before that actually comes into fruition. So you want to recognize that in these times when you're struggling to first separate it from who you are, that you're not a failure. Acknowledge if you're feeling that way. And then be mindful of like, what seeds am I planting in my mind about them? And what seeds am I planting in their minds about them? But I want to, I want to start checking out the weeds 
and start planting some powerful trees that are going to serve them in the long run because it's those over the test of time that'll start to shine through when they get older and more mature and that they're able to comprehend what you're actually starting to plant because you know when they're in the thick of their own emotions they they, they they can't really always see things like i mean i wasn't able to really appreciate my parents until i got older yeah I, I, and i'm sure that's true for you too so just remember it's a long game not a short game oh well i see that all the time <laughs> that's why we're i friends. love that well, and, and I want to, I want to take what you said about Mrs. Know-it-all and being bossy. The, the fact is, is that those were uh, assigned to you by people who had a trigger about that. So it, it actually never had anything to do with you. They saw something, they then assigned a label to it, and that took them out of curiosity, empathy, compassion, and actually seeing what's really going on with you. Right. So that's what happens when we're talking about labeling behavior. One of the things that I do with everybody that will listen is how do we reframe that? And you just showed us that, right? Like, look, she's a leader. And, and when you take a child who has leadership abilities, instead of taking that as a threat, like maybe your parents did or somebody, whoever called that, called you that name um, or, or whatever, instead of a threat or feeling insecure about it for you to say, okay, how do we channel that for her? she is a leader could she be the boss of something in our house could she be the boss of of, of organizing and making sure that you know things are are um, troop leader right in the right. girl scouts <laughs> just really funneling that so that you don't so and, and that that's where we have to look at ourselves and i love when brene brown says the story i'm telling myself is this story i'm telling myself is that she's a know-it-all she's bossy well is that true is it really true what would life be like if it wasn't true, right? And what does that thought cost you? It costs you connection, it costs you, um, and, and for you, it caused you pain, right? Well, I think a part of it, my parents, just like most parents, just like you and I, um, are so afraid of what other people are going to see me as. So my parents most likely were trying to um, dim my light a little bit to tame me so I fit into a normal box so I wasn't like standing out too much in front of the rest, that I wasn't, you know, um, outshining them or seen as, you know, selfish or pushy or whatever. So they were genuinely probably trying to, you know, well, dismiss, you know, whatever, because they were annoyed with it. But I think a part of it is too, is that we are so afraid of our children being judged or bullied or made wrong for where they're shiny and bright that we're gonna we're gonna try to dim them down a bit mm -hmm. as best we can because we want to protect them yeah and it's almost like this perfect storm right where if you're already feeling bad about you know where you are at in your mother mothering journey parenting journey i know there's dads that that listen to but let's be honest most most of the people listening are moms um but you you aren't the mom you expect expected to be so so i'm going to talk about myself. It wasn't the mom I expected I would be. I had a child that I did not expect to have. I did not know that being a mom and having a baby would be like that, that it would, you know, challenge every single part of me physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, and, and so then you sort of have this double shame, like my kid isn't what I expected him to be. I'm not who I expected to be. Right. And then we just sort of, we are in this shame spiral. Right. And that's not a good place to be because we can't show up as peaceful, uh, compassionate parents when we are so stuck in our shame, in our in our fear. Yeah. Right. In, in, in all of this. Yeah. Um, so so I really I really I, I really get what you're saying there. And, and I actually have a whole podcast dedicated to why your words matter. Uh, which is which is so important because not only does it help the parents see your child differently, your, your child will feel differently about themselves too, yeah. right? Because- and I, I was gonna no. say, what uh, did I cut you off? Yeah, no, no, you're good, you're good. So one of the things I was gonna say is, I know it's gonna be very easy, like we're talking about planting seeds and you're starting to think like, oh my gosh, I messed up my child, right? I effed him up. I, I planted so many weeds in their head. I've been judging them and labeling them and all of these things. And that's gonna catapult you into the shame spiral even faster, even more. And I wanna pause you for a moment on that because I think it's so important to address and to say like, whoa, there's always a turnaround. 
Mm. And you can pull weeds at any time. Oh, yes, yes. Just I love it. Because you planted them doesn't mean you can't pull them. It's never too late. It's not. There's always a turnaround point. And that turnaround point for you might be right now. And what I find is the best thing to do with children is to tell them that you're in the turnaround process. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? I just realized that I've negatively labeled you like this. I've told you you were bossy your whole life. Like that's not fair to you because you're really a born leader. And I actually mm -hmm. admire that about you. So I'm going to work really hard on not calling you that anymore. And if I would love it if you would help me with that. If you ever hear me say that, would you remind me that your bossiness actually means that you're a really good leader? Mm -hmm. And then you enroll them into supporting you in there as well. So I just want to remind you, if like the shame is starting to spiral even worse because of what we're talking about. I really employ you to just recognize that there's a now teach your children that you can change anytime, that you can mm -hmm. change your mind for the better and that you could be better and that it is a learning process and a growing and you're not perfect because we don't want them growing up to think that they have to be perfect all the time. Okay. Exactly. exactly. So thank you for that. And really the purpose of this podcast is to give you the tools to get out of that shame spiral, right? This is not about doom and gloom. This is, this is the, this could be your turning point. This could be your turning point. And, and it's worth it because it helps to see, helps you to see your child in a different light. When you see your child differently, you see a different child. And it also helps you to remove the, the record that plays in their head when they're adults that says, you know what? Oh, I'm selfish or, you know, yeah. I was always called selfish. So that is the first thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And I know that isn't true. And what happened for me is I had a lot of experience where I was a people pleaser. I needed people to like me. I wanted people to like me. I can't say that that isn't totally gone now. Right. And so it, it all, what it really does is it fosters disempowering beliefs uh, about yourself, people pleasing, that sort of thing. And so you're absolutely right. There is a turnaround and we can absolutely get there. We can absolutely get there. You are currently listening to the Parenting Our Future podcast. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And please don't forget to subscribe. And I would be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating on iTunes. If you'd like to connect with me, all my details are in the show notes. And for a copy of my book, go to yellingcurebook.com. Now back to the show. I want to talk about two more things that just sort of steal our joy as moms. And then I want to talk about why you, what, what you suggest we do to move past yeah. this. Um, and, and, and I think it's important because we need to call these things into the light so that we are just aware ourselves because we may be going through life with blinders on ourselves, right? And some of the things that steal our joy uh, and, and cause us pain and suffering is mom guilt too, right? Whether we've chosen to stay home with our kids or not. And aren't moms cruel to each other sometimes? Like, oh, I don't want to talk to those stay-at-home moms or, oh, those working moms, like, again, those are labels like that stops you from getting curious about who I am as a human, yeah. right? Yeah. Also things about like doing something for yourself to fill your cup up. Well, no, I, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't spend the money on me. I shouldn't spend the time away from my family, right? Yeah. Like oh my stuff. gosh. I always say, uh, check your, um, check your Amazon for a moment because I bet everything that's purchased was for the family, for the kids, for everyone else. But look at your save for laters. How much of your wants are in that pile? Right? That <laughs> and if you so notice funny. that everything that's saved for later are the things that you want, there is some room here for you to take care of you a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that the best gift you can give your family is a happy mom, a, yeah. you know, a mom who is not in her safe for later. Fully. That's such a great, I love that. That's so good. Perfect <laughs> analogy too. And the reason why I know this is because I was guilty of it. Yeah. And I didn't really, I had, I had to clean out my safe for later because there was like 136 items in there. It was, insane. <laughs> it was big. And I'm like, what, in, what did I save for later? And as I'm going through it, I realized that everything in there were wants of mine. They weren't needs, they were wants. All the needs got bought. So the laundry detergent, the, you know, the brand new buckle, 
thing that my daughter had to have because it was teaching her how to use buckles. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like all the stuff that needed to happen for the family, the sheets for the bedroom, the towels for the bathroom, the protein for the cabinet, but all the wants, right? That cute new shirt that was on there, that really adorable watch that was on there, the, uh, the really fun book that I thought was going to be really cool to read. Uh, all of those were luxury expenses that I was like, well, mm -hmm. I'll just save that for later. I'll get that later. I'll get that later. And what I realized was that I had a really bad habit, Robin, of never buying myself things. Yeah. Never doing things for myself because I always had the, I'll do it later. Uh, and I just never did. And so I really had a battle and recognized that that was a worthiness issue for me. Right. It was that it was a deep rooted worthiness issue that I wasn't worthy or deserving of my wants because during the season, or maybe we didn't have the excess money. Um, and, you know, I'd be taking from my family if I purchased this thing that I wanted so selfishly uh, mm -hmm. versus actually doing it. And one of my favorite examples of this is um, when I bought my she shed. So I'm actually out in my shed right now. Oh, and I love it. <laughs> lavish expense, right? And of course, like, I'm like, oh, no, no, if I'm going to get this, this office, I'm going to furnish it with the best items that I can have available. And I really had to battle my worth on it because I took, I'm air quoting for those of you listening, uh, I took, you know, $10,000 from my family. Wow. And in reality, I didn't take anything because when I look back at it, I would have spent $10,000 renting another office anyways. Yeah. Okay. Like that's what would have happened. That's what I did in the past because I needed a place to go to, to work. And uh, so renting that space cost me more than that on a yearly basis where this is just a one-time fee. And not that I need to justify it, but more so it was just recognizing that it was like, wow, Bonnie, do you really struggle this much with just taking care of you and doing things for you? You work really, really hard. You provide so much and you're willing to give so much for everyone else. Why not just give yourself equal? To what you would do for someone else. Mm -hmm. Not more, not access, but equal to what mm -hmm. you're going to do for other people. And imagine how much more you can give when you're full. Oh, beautifully, beautifully said. So beautifully said. And thank you for sharing that. I, I think it does come down to worthiness. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. You know, and I find that when I am talking to, to parents that really do want to get out of the struggle that they're in, and these are parents that are beautiful people. Like they are, are already great parents. They just recognize that there could be more harmony, more joy, um, and just better connection with their kids. And some of them definitely, there's a worthiness, you know, like, oh no, you're fine. No, it's fine. You know, yeah. or they'll talk to their husband and their husband will say, no, 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 you're just too hard on yourself. But they really need that, that, that help. And it's, something that they won't do for themselves because they think, well, you should know how to be a mom. Well, why? Why should I know? Why yeah, should... I've never done this before. Yeah. Guys, like I, I went into I, my, one of my other favorite quotes is that I thought I was amazing mother until I had children. Oh, oh, hundred percent. I was the best mom ever before I had kids. I know. That's exactly, I was like, when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so true. Like I thought I was like the picture perfect mom and I never had children. And then you have them and all of a sudden you just like, all of the judgment and the shame becomes whirling in. And um, it's just so easy to just start, you know, beating yourself up and comparing yourself to others and, you know, not meeting these unrealistic expectations and then just being consumed with just negative, negative, like thoughts and beliefs and um, feelings. And guys, it's time to shift that. It is yeah. so time to shift that. Take control and shift that. Yeah. I mean, like, where do you think I got the image of mother earth from? That certainly wasn't my uh, actual mother self. It was the dream that I had in the flowy dress in the woods with the crown of daisies or whatever. I had hair and all that stuff. That is somebody's Insta post somewhere. Okay. That's somebody's Insta post. That's where you got it from. Somebody posted it and you're like, oh, See, that's what a perfect mother looks like. That's what I'm going to go be. And yeah. then we're like, oh, that's a snapshot of a very posed image that was very intentionally thought out to make you think that, but it's not reality. Exactly. Yeah. Meanwhile. Yeah. Meanwhile, <laughs> back at home. I'm a hot mess crying and uh, yeah, yes, all, all of those things. Okay. So I, I absolutely love what you said about that, about worthiness and like, let's claim our worthiness because like you said, we, if, if 
we're not okay. Nobody's okay. We set the tone for our family. We set the tone for our home. And our, our energy is 100% contagious to our kids. We know it. We know it. So we need to put the work in for ourselves so that we can have that joy. And that joy is also contagious. That's the exciting part. That's the part. Oh my gosh. So true. Yes. So true. And our worth is a byproduct of doing the work, the inner work right, is that when we begin to clear the internal clutter, to begin to challenge these perceptions, to begin to acknowledge our feelings and, and do some of the things that Robin and I are about to talk about, you know, to be able to start shifting this, your worthiness is a byproduct of that. You will feel worthy. You're going to feel enough. You're going to feel capable. You're going to feel joy. Those are the byproducts of doing the work. So we're going to ask you, yes, to take away a little bit of time and energy from your family to focus on you. Because if you want to give more to them, you need to take care of you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Bring it. All right. Good. Yeah. Then we're going there. <laughs> so I don't think we need to wait anymore. Like, let's, let's hey. unleash. Un unleashing Bonnie on everybody. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> One of the most important things, you guys, that we absolutely need to do is that we need to invest some energy into forgiveness. This is my favorite F word in the, in the language. Okay. Like it is. I know Robin's got a different. Yeah. I feel like the other one, but yeah. I, I too. Yeah. This is my favorite F word and it is the gateway between emotional freedom and suffering. It's the gateway. And we have to walk through the gateway, which means that it takes energy. It takes action. It takes effort. And a biggest part about forgiveness that so many of us aren't understanding is that it's not a forgive and forget. And forgiving, especially if somebody has hurt you or abused you or neglected you, doesn't mean that you're condoning their behavior. It doesn't mean you're letting them off the hook. Joan Branco says that forgiveness, uh, you can forgive someone and still show up and testify against them in court. Mm, I like forgiveness that. Forgiveness wow. is a gift we give ourselves. It isn't for anyone, even if it's we have to do because of someone. Mm -hmm. It's not mm -hmm. for them. It's for you to have emotional freedom, emotional peace. And most of you listening right now, you're like, well, I don't have to get hurt by anybody. How much are you hurting yourself? Mm. How much are you holding yourself back? How much are you holding yourself in? Mm -hmm. How many days have gone by where you have not let the voice, the light, the strength, the courage, the beauty of who you truly are to emerge? How often have you shut yourself down and quieted your voice? How often have you stayed silent? You need to forgive you for mm -hmm. these unrealistic expectations, for the constant bombardment of shame and pain that you put yourself through on a daily basis because you're not thin enough or smart enough or pretty enough or good enough. You didn't bring the homemade cookies to the PTA. Sister, I get it. Like I'm a store-bought kind of girl myself, okay? Yeah, me too. <laughs> but I showed up. And even there's days that I can't show up because I'm too busy. And that doesn't make me less than. It doesn't make my child less than. It doesn't make them unlovable. Mm -hmm. Because I'm showing her that mommy matters too. Mm -hmm. And I, need to for I needed to forgive myself for all the times where I didn't do that. Because there's a lot of my life, a lot of my story, where I was putting me on the shelf. I was so busy trying to get everyone to love and like me because I was so afraid that I wasn't loved or liked, mostly because I didn't love and like me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that worthiness is a byproduct of doing the inner work. And the inner work starts with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Forgiving yourself for all that you haven't been, for all that you've missed out on, for all that could have been. Mm -hmm. So we can accept where you have been, where you are, and then we forgive, learn, and grow. Mm. That's what forgiveness is truly about. It's learning and growing, not shaming and blaming, not abusing and complaining. It's about learning and growing to realize that you've been doing your best. And sometimes, sister, your best sucks. Mm -hmm. But it's your best. You know, I think, I think the, the reality is, and, and like, I don't want to brag because I'm really good at beating myself up. Like, I <laughs> really good at it <laughs> but we don't even teach ourselves like we where do we even learn this where do we even learn forgiveness we we don't like, it's not like we really even talk about how to do it right well so and there's yeah there's so much misinformation out there about what forgiveness 
You know, many of us, I mean, for myself, all right, um, one of the biggest pains that I had to forgive, not only myself, was I was a child of sexual abuse. So I was sexually abused by a family member, and then my family was so ashamed of it that they covered it up, which then perpetuated the abuse, right? And it really was because they were just so afraid of what the aftermath or what would happen if this got exposed. And now as an adult, I can kind of understand it. So what wasn't the right decision? Um, however, it was the decision that was made that I was the one that had to suffer through. And um, so when I had to forgive, I had to forgive all of these people who failed me and all of these people who abused me and all of this pain. But then I really also still had to get to that point where I had to forgive myself for all the mistakes that I made and mm -hmm. for me accepting this belief that I was unworthy, that mm -hmm. I was unloved, that I wasn't enough. And then the people that I dated as a result of that the um, jobs that I took, the limitations that I had as a result of that. Forgiveness really is, um, is something that you wanna look at from the past of who you need to forgive, but also within yourself, who, what elements of yourself do you need to forgive as a result of this? Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a process. It, it is not something you do once and it's like you can check it off the list and move on from it. That's another big misnomer. It's not, it's not something that you just forget and you're condoning and pardoning it. It, it truly is something that you are um, forgiving, you're learning and growing. And part of the learning and growing means boundaries. Part of the learning and growing means that you change relationships with people. Part of that learning and growing means you change dynamics or you just change altogether, right? And that means rocking the boat. And then you want to forgive the people who can't handle the boat rocking and throw stones at your boat because <laughs> you're rocking it and you're like i'm not okay with this anymore and they're just like wow judge you judge you judge you judge you freak yeah. out freak out freak out and you're just like no this is this is right for me and learning how to navigate those storms and those tides that come with all the dimensions of forgiveness is so so important and you guys like we're here to support you on that okay like this isn't a journey you have to do alone there is a lot of misinformation out there. There is a lot of things that are gonna keep you stuck. There's a lot of teachings out there that are gonna paralyze you. Um, but forgiveness is a beautiful process and it's something you can incorporate in your day to day. Uh, and it becomes just a part of your natural uh, self-care habit for a while until you really do get to that point where you have that, that emotional freedom that you're mm -hmm. longing for. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the steps to forgiveness where do we start? Where, Ooh, like, yes. how do we do it? Because so, I think told us, we all get it. Like we want to yeah. do it. Yeah. So there's three main component. Well, technically four main components to forgiveness. Um, and, you know, I have a free forgiveness letter that your audience is going to be able to receive. Robin's going to connect it to the show notes, you guys. So this is going to be all of these steps are included in here. It's free. And then you even get the opportunity if you want to learn more about forgiveness. Uh, there's that chance for you right there to really dive even deep. As far as you want to go, the information is available to you. And the very first thing that we need to do is that we need to accept. We have to accept ourselves in the situation. But acceptance doesn't mean acceptable. I really want to emphasize that. Accepting does not equal acceptable. I can accept that I was a child of sexual abuse. That doesn't make it acceptable. Mm -hmm. I can accept the decisions that my parents made, but it doesn't make it acceptable. The difference is that I'm moving from the past to a present state. Yeah. We're accepting, accepting ourselves for the limitations, for the mistakes that we've made, the struggles that we've had, the judgments that we've placed, the, the, um, the self-hatred that we've you know, oozed accepting that it's like, yep, I, I did that. I believed that. I you know, still struggling with that. And then from there, we begin to challenge these things. We challenge the story. We challenge the thought patterns. We challenge the habits. We challenge the behaviors. And like Robin was saying, really start to ask ourselves, is this serving me or mm -hmm. anyone else? Like, what is the purpose of this? Mm -hmm. Where is this coming from? Like, why, why, do I, why am I repeatedly saying that you're not enough? You're not capable to myself. Like, what, where did this come from? We start to challenge those stories and those mindsets. So then we can move into the third, which is then we release. Mm -hmm. And we can begin to release them through reframing. We can release them through uh, affirmations. We can release them through, you know, action or making, uh, what do you call it? Um, I'm losing a, the thought of the word here. Um, we're making amends of something, right? Especially if we've done something wrong. And then the last one that I forgot to tell you about early, Robin, is then where we're going to step into a higher vision. 
Mm, okay. Right. So now that we've moved beyond this, it's like, what do I want to think? What do I want to feel? What do I want to believe? How do I want to respond? How do I want to behave? This is where we actively consciously create the next chapter. That's all so good. And I want to tell you a couple of things that I took away from this, um, that forgiveness isn't just once it's ongoing. Right, because you may trip and fall again, right? So let's say you're beating yourself up because you yell at your kids, and then you're like, Okay, I'm going, I'm going to do the work, I'm going to forgive myself for yelling, I'm going to forgive my child. Let's say, even though our kids are only ever just being kids, but forgive my child for triggering me in such a way that I, I get so angry, and then I'm in this place and I feel good and I feel like I've got this. And then I yell again. Oh, great. You know, now I'm a loser again. I can't yeah. get this right. What was the point of forgiving myself anyway? I, you know, I, what's the point? Like I, I'm a horrible mom or I'm a horrible, I'm horrible at this. Why even bother? Maybe I should just leave. Right. And I'll tell you, I wanted to leave my family because I hated myself so much, so much. And in many different ways, I hated myself. That's why I'm so good at beating myself up. And you all, were, can we use the language were? You were. were. So oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You're, you're good at that. That's what you do for me. You check me on, on the stuff that I say. <laughs> because your words matter. My words matter too, right? And I get to forgive myself. I don't have to forgive myself, or right? That's one of the things you taught me too. Like I get to do this work. Yes. And and I want to just say that failures and missteps in life are a shared human experience. Yeah. And also, it doesn't define you as a mom. It doesn't define you as a human or a person of worth in this world. It doesn't define you. It's just a thing that happened. And if we can accept it, challenge the thoughts that we have about ourselves because of that thing, and then release it, yes. That is the path to acceptance and joy. And that has this ripple effect throughout your life. And I'm saying this with so much like passion and conviction because I've done it for myself. And I know that I'm not perfect and I'm okay with that. I know I'm not a perfect mom. I know that I wrote the book called The Yelling Cure and that sometimes I yell. And I, that is not, that is not, that doesn't define me as, as a failure or as a perfect parent. And I always tell everybody, I'm not a perfect mom. I am flawed like everybody else. Yeah, and, perfectly imperfect. Yes, and I also know when I'm off, when I yell, when things aren't going my way, that I can check in with myself and say, okay, hang on, what's off with me? Yes. Is it because I haven't spent time alone? Am I overwhelmed with, with work? Am I tired? What do I need? That's what I can do now. And then I can also go to my kids and say, hey, guess what, you guys? I had a bad moment. I had a rough day. You got in my way. Like not got in my way, but you were you were uh innocent bystander and and I and I unleashed some of my frustration. Yeah, on you. Mm-hmm. Right. Making amends. That was the word I was trying to find earlier. Yeah. Yeah. That truly is, you guys, like taking emotional responsibility. That's the epitome of that, right? It is, it's beginning to say, I'm perfectly imperfect. I mean, one of the things that I often say to myself is I'm doing my best and sometimes my best sucks. Today, it kind of sucked. And I am so sorry that you had to experience that. That means nothing about you. That's really this of what I'm dealing with. Or, you know, I, I can help educate them on, you know, however, let's talk about your you know, your behavior as well, right? Like you would take emotional responsibility and you help guide them to take theirs as well. But when you show up that way first, instead of showing up and shaming and blaming your partners or your spouse or your children or your spouse, um, and you immediately come from that place of like you owning your part first, it opens a conversation up in a very, very different dynamic. Yeah. Because now it's like, I'm owning up to the fact that I, I really, I showed up messy here. And so they could feel comfortable to say like, I did too. Yeah, well, exactly. And, and what you start to do is you start to speak in the language of feelings and needs, which is what breeds emotional intelligence. And so I've gotten to a place now where I actually don't have to go backwards as often. 
I can show up and say, guess what, you guys, I am, I'm actually feeling really agitated today. I have a huge day ahead of me. I didn't get much sleep. So I'm sorry if I'm grouchy. I'm sorry if I say something yeah. that it so sounds a little harsh or a little off. I just yeah. want you to know that I'm not feeling great today. So just, you know, just know that, know that yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to be that way. Right. Yeah, and exactly. that is a great, I think, I think it's a great way to model that, look, I'm in touch with what I'm feeling and I'm just sharing it with you. And I think we can always communicate that with mm -hmm. our family. Right. Amen. So, That's yeah. yeah. Well, I just want to thank you so much. What you said was so good. And I love your F word so much. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And, and look for, for those of you who want to take this uh, journey with us, please in the show notes uh, and, and just to explain where the show notes are. I always talk about the show notes, but in case you don't know, if you're on iTunes, you go to the episode, you go to episode website, which is, which is mm. listed there. And that's where you find all of it. It's a weird looking website. Yeah, but it's interesting. Yeah. There it is. Um, and then also if you, if you want to add the reframing piece to this whole thing, um, listen to, to my podcast number 39 on why words matter. Um, that was released uh, in April and, uh, and that will really help you because there's also a, a free guide to reframing your child's behavior there. And again, you do just as much for your child as you do for you and how different would things have been for you if you weren't shamed for being a know-it-all and bossy that might've changed yeah. in the course of your life. Yeah. Right. Cause you were hustling yeah. for acceptance for yeah. so long. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Bonnie Kelly. You are a sparkly human being who I truly love. And uh, same here, Robin. You're my favorite. And thank you, mamas, for listening in. Thank you so much for just being willing to be a better version of yourself each and every day because we know from mama to mama, we know that this this journey is messy and you're doing your best. And we just want to remind you, you're doing a really good job. Even when you're not doing your best, you're doing a really good job. So just keep growing, keep learning. We're here. You've got support uh, and we will see you again. Thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast, Parenting Our Future. I'm parent coach Robin McMahon. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message. And don't forget to subscribe. And if you like my work, I'd be grateful if you gave me a five-star rating. For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.